Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Hey everyone. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everybody, it's Los. Week 5 wrapping up right now with the Saints on television. Uh, they just scored the t- a touchdown to open the game against the Washington Redskins. Um, it's been a pretty good week, pretty exciting football this week. Uh, I've won one, lost, won a couple, lost a couple. You know, sort of average, but mid-season blues, right? Yeah, and uh, I'm about to lose my matchup as soon as Will Lutz kicks this extra point because Brandon Cooks got me a big fat zero this week. Oof. Well, I, I think you may be upset when you uh, when uh, when Will Lutz misses this one. Yeah, I really need uh, Will Lutz to have a Mason Crosby kind of game. <laughs> oh, you want him to miss? Yes, and I've officially lost now because oh. I was up point four points, and uh, that's game over. But such is fantasy. As as uh, four smart young girls once said, "Say lovey." Yep, and uh, unlike Mason Crosby, our Gillette Close Shave Player of the Week uh, did the exact opposite because this week the Giants visited a rested Panthers team and Manning and Barkley and Beckham all played well, leading uh, in the game against Carolina 31-30 with just over a minute left to go. But Newton and the Panthers drove down the field and with one second left on the clock, they handed the reins to the game to Graham Gano at the 45-yard line. Gano rewarded their faith, kicking a 63-yard field goal to win the game, and in doing so, tied the record for the second-longest field goal in history. Get your close shave like Graham Gano with Gillette, the best a man can get. Want to try blades for less? It's easy. Just choose the right blade for you, order conveniently on the website, by email or by text, and your blades will get shipped right to your door. Start today and get $3 off your first order. I got to tell you, those really are some great blades. Graham Gano really is a great kicker with, with so many kickers being such absolute trash, probably losing people leagues, you know, not not many winning people leagues so far this year. Um, I mean, so a number of NFL teams have already, you know, fired, fired their kickers. I think four or five of them already. But, uh, you know... Greg, you know, you, you keep doing it. Yeah, and uh, that's why we recommend guys like Dan Bailey, who's still out there on the waiver wire in quite a few leagues. But uh, we will get Crazy. to all that and more soon enough. Yeah, let's uh, let's start off with the Thursday night football showdown, if that's all right with you, Monk. Philadelphia at the New York Giants, an NFC East showdown. Uh, divisional games can always be trap games, but I, I expect Wentz to be just fine here. Jay Ajayi, though, is done for the season, so the lead running back spot for the defending Super Bowl champions is up for grabs. Uh, Wendell Smallwood is an enticing play here, especially if Corey Clement can't go. Sounded like Clement was healthy this past week, healthy enough to play. They just did not uh, necessarily put him in. I guess they didn't think they needed him, even though they lost to Minnesota. Uh, I expect Nelson Aguilar's targets to dip back upwards with all the problems they're having at running back, but Elshon Jeffrey is definitely the uh, wide receiver one, the leader on this team. 
He's a wide receiver two right now. And, and Zach Ertz, of course, is a weekly top tight end option, number one, number two, number three. What's it matter? All the other tight ends suck this year. Yeah, it was pretty shocking, uh, the JHI news earlier today, torn ACL done for the season. Um, my read on the Corey Clement situation was that he was active, uh, much like Lamar Miller, uh, as a preserve. Yep. They didn't want to risk using him because he wasn't fully ready there. But, um, I mean, the Minnesota defense played very well, but Wentz was still fine in fantasy. He'll be a mid-to-low-end QB1 again this week. Uh, the Giants' run defense is pretty tough, but, again, with Corey Clement and Wendell Smallwood likely to split that workload now, um, both probably become priority waiver wire ads. I wouldn't go crazy on them because... Darren Sproles will be back at some point, but he's likely still out another week or two with that hamstring injury. So for right now, I would say that I would prefer Clement slightly over Smallwood. Is what, What's your take on that one? Yeah, if, if they're both healthy, Clement is, is definitely the better player. He's definitely the guy the team has shown more loyalty and more uh, more a longer leash with. Uh, they, they definitely prefer him to be in there. Darren Sproles is always, uh, always part of the game when he's healthy but he hasn't necessarily been effective when he's been healthy this year I, th- I think he's on his last legs in his age I think 33 season maybe 34 right and I think my issue with Sproles is that he's going to be kind of a Devonte Booker type where he's not necessarily going to be worth starting in fantasy but he is going to take away value from the other two Ex- running backs exactly and this this Philadelphia team is just not scoring touchdowns like it was last year not an exciting offense uh, given that they won the Super Bowl last year yeah, and there is always the possibility that Philadelphia will take a look at some free agent running backs or they may give Josh Adams a few more touches. Um, this is a committee any way you really want to look at it. So, again, Clement is probably my preferred guy over Smallwood, but both are going to be flex plays this week at least with Sproles still out. Um, that said, as you as you mentioned, Alshon Jeffries the clear number one here. Uh, that's, you know, both of them struggled, uh, him and Aguilar, you know, Xavier Woods, or excuse me, Xavier Rhodes um, is really uh, a tough quarterback to play against. Uh, we talked about that matchup a little bit last week, but uh, I think Jeffrey should be fine this week. He'll be a low-end wide receiver two or a high-end wide receiver three for me. Uh, should have a better day here. Uh, Aguilar, we've seen, is just a boomer bust wide receiver four right now. Hasn't really been all that involved since Jeffrey's return. And as you said, Ertz, of course, remains a top three tight end. I still have him as the number three behind Gronk and Kelsey this week. Zach Ertz, the big E, and Thursday will bring us a new day. You're welcome. Uh, New York Giants on the other side of the football. They they almost got one off by the Panthers, but uh, Saquon Barkley looked studly with a big receiving touchdown thrown by Odell Beckham Jr. Just an awesome misdirection play and an even more impressive fourth quarter uh, touchdown scamper off the catch. Two really nice touchdowns for Saquon Barkley. 130 combined yards. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. had that huge day with eight catches, 131 yards and touchdown. He threw that passing touchdown to Saquon Barkley, and then Sterling Shepard had four catches, 75 yards on seven targets. Not hugely impressive, but enough to get you by in your flex. Uh, Start him again in the flex if Evan Ingram remains out this week. It sounds like um, Evan Ingram is potentially back this week. 
Uh, if he plays, then I would have Shepard as just a low-end flex, um, and Ingram as a high-end tight end too. But as you said, if Ingram remains out, then Shepard does get a bump up in my rankings too. Uh, would be a high-end wide receiver three. And oh, if he plays, I, I don't like. I take Shepard out altogether. I, I think if he's good to play, he gets he gets seven plus catches, fifty plus yards. Um, I think Shepard will still be a viable low on flex this week just because if Ingram is back, I think he'll get eased back in a little bit. Um, perhaps on some sort of snap count, we'll see. But certainly going forward, I would agree that Shepard is probably in a void for me as well. Uh, but the Giants did look pretty good, uh, showed some signs of life here. Uh, Eli looked okay despite the two interceptions. He'll be a risk-reward low on QB2 this week if you're desperate. Uh, Barkley, of course, uh, always involved in that offense. He'll be a solid mid-range RB1. And uh, as we said last week, you just you can't bench Beckham, even though he had a couple quieter weeks. Um, we saw we, we finally saw that upside. Um, I guess he got frustrated enough with Manning that he said, you know, just give me the ball and I'll throw it. But uh, yeah. yeah, what if that wasn't a designed play? What if he was just like, ah, screw it, and just chucked it deep, and Saquon Barkley just have any running running over there? That would be hilarious. Um, <laughs> but Clearly not how things work, folks. We're not idiots. Okay, cool. Calm, calm down. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it is good that the Giants offense is at least trying to get a little bit more creative here than just have Eli Manning check it down to Barkley ten times a game. Um, regardless here, even though the Giants did show a few signs of life in Carolina, I will still lean to the better Eagles team here. I'll take Philly on the road. Oh, yeah, the champs are here, Philly on the road, all day, all night. Tampa Bay and Atlanta kicks off our, our uh, Sunday day games. Uh, fun NFC South game coming here. Should be a lot of points scored, regardless of Fitzgerald or Winston playing. I'd start Evans, and I'd start Deshaun Jackson, and great. Um, I, I'd lean more heavily toward Deshaun Jackson, and maybe Chris Godwin if we see Fitzpatrick. But it does look like Jameis Winston's going to be playing, so I would lean more towards Brooks to have a pretty nice week here. Um, the, the, the running backs have been garbage for this team so far. So in a deep league, I, I try to keep an eye on the rookie Ronald Jones. Definitely not start him here. But I think in a deeper league, if you've got a deep bench and you have the opportunity, he may be worth a stash. As they progress in the season, they might just want to see what they got out of the second rounder because Peyton Barber clearly is anything but the answer to the running back question. Yep, and I think even in week four um, against Chicago, we saw Ronald Jones get a few carries just to see what he's made of. Uh, I, I would expect a little bit more work for him because, as you said, it's not as if Jaquiz Rogers or Peyton Barber has been lighting it up. So Ronald Jones, he'll be worth an ad in deeper leagues or a preemptive ad if you've got a good record already. But either way, Atlanta's defense is still awful. We saw Roethlisberger and James Conner just tear them up. Um, Winston will be a high-end QB, too, for me. He's got a lot of upside, some risk, but a lot of upside against that Atlanta secondary. Evans I like as a low-end wide receiver one. And I think I'm a little higher on Godwin than you are. I have both he and Jackson as high upside boomer bust wide receiver three plays this week. Uh, as you mentioned, with O.J. Howard out with that MCL sprain, Brait should be a low-end tight end one in this one. Uh, Winston does look to him early and often, especially in the red zone. And, uh, yeah, that's all I got for Tampa Bay. As for the Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan gets a really nice matchup here. Tampa had the bye weeks to prepare, but I, I don't think it will matter. This defense stinks. Ryan's a quarterback one this week. Julio, of course, wide receiver one. 
Mosinu and Kelvin Ridley are both solid flex options here. Four catches, 73 yards, and the touchdown this week for Sanu on a uh, short gainer that he broke away with. Very, very nice play if you missed it. And you you can chase the Austin Hooper stats if you really want, but he disappears from, from the box score so quickly it's like he was never even there. He's running back, so both let you down this game, but, but I do see a running back two and flex upside at home for Freeman and Coleman, respectively. I know it's tough. I know they've burned you, especially Eo Smith getting in there still. He got a goal line carry in. It's scary, but this is Tampa they're playing, and they're going to be running wild. Yeah, um, it, I haven't looked at the Vegas lines just yet, but right now I would expect this game and the Chiefs-Patriots game to have the highest lines. Uh, I would expect a lot of scoring here. You're starting Matt Ryan as a QB1. You're starting Julio Jones as a wide receiver one. I like both Calvin Ridley and Mohamed Sanu as wide receiver three or flex plays. Um, And as you said, Austin Hooper, uh, he had a good game, but he's very unreliable. He's just as likely to disappear, especially I think this week when you have so many options with Atlanta's second, or excuse me, Tampa Bay's secondary, just giving up so many plays, you know, Ryan's not going to really need to check it down to Hooper. He'll have open guys on his first or second reads with the wide receivers. Um, I would look to avoid Hooper this week. Yeah, uh, this this game could go either way, but uh, I'll, I'll take Atlanta at home. I was, I was toying with it an Austin Hooperfield sort of line. Does that, is David Copper, do people know who David Copperfield is? Is that too much of a stretch? Do you know yeah. who David Copperfield is? I, I think that's a reach. That's a bit of a reach. Okay. Okay. Well, he's a magician and he disappeared, but yeah. Give me Atlanta at home, <laughs> obviously. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. The Steelers grabbed a nice win versus the aforementioned Falcons at home, but this will be road Ben week. I take my chances here. He's still going to produce. He's still going to have a high-scoring game going here. But, you know, he scares me. He scares me. I'm just saying. Brown, Juju, Connor. Well, if he decides to show up, they should all be great plays. Uh, Actually, James Connor did have a really nice bounce back week. 21 carries, 110 yards, and two touchdowns with four catches for 75 yards receiving. Um, The the latest word out of of, uh, Steelers camp is that there may be a timeshare with Le'Veon Bell returning. Ah. I guess that'd be good for for James Conner. I don't think that would make me be worried to start Le'Veon Bell at all. Regardless, I don't think this is the week that he returns. Um, just start all your guys and pray that it's not a bad game for Roethlisberger. Boy, I need to interrupt this podcast for just a moment because our producer, Dan, just pointed out that Will Lutz actually missed that extra point. Um, yeah. I, I don't really pay attention to the game all that much when we're recording. I, I kind of look up and down, but... I, I guess I'm technically confused. still alive. Well, I, I really need Will Lutz to have a Mason Crosby kind of night. Well, he's starting it off. Are, <laughs> all right. uh, are missed well, field goals a minus one or no? Yeah, they, they are. Um, well, right. you've got 1.6 now, huh? We'll see. I'm, I'm living on a prayer. Um, there we go. All right, back to Pittsburgh here. Uh, I just can't bring myself to trust Roethlisberger on the road, especially in a divisional game. I I think he'll be fine, but he's just ranked as a high-end quarterback, too, for me in this one. Um, Cincinnati's better at tackling than Atlanta has been as well, so I've downgraded Connor from a high-end RB2 to just a mid-range RB2, but you're still starting Connor here. Uh, Antonio Brown I like as a wide receiver one. Juju, a wide receiver two with lots upside in this one. And we saw Vance McDonald kind of fade back into obscurity, just like Austin Hooper is likely to do this week. 
Um, McDonald's still the best option of the Pittsburgh tight ends, but he'll be just a boom or bust tight end too. And then finally, one final note here. I would look to sell James Conner while you can. Word on the street is that Le'Veon Bell is likely to return during Pittsburgh's week seven bye. Um, and that's right after what, this game. What street is that? Uh, that would be Steeler Street, where Juju lost his bike. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but I didn't know you had a connection to that road. No, but now now is the time um, to sell Connor if you absolutely don't need him this week to win. Uh, on the flip side, uh, go get Le'Veon Bell if you still can for a relatively cheap price. Maybe the Bell owner is 2-3 and three or 1-4 and four and really desperate for a win this week. Um, always be trading, always be closing, right? Absolutely. All day, every day. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals, this is another great matchup for this offense. Should be a ton of points scored this game. Of course, uh, word on the street is that Andy Dalton is an upside quarterback, too. Joe Mixon looked great last game. He's a great talent. He's a running back one here. And, and I'm really glad for him. So far, he's been able to get past those early career demons. Hope he can stay healthy. Hopefully that knee doesn't bother him because he's a very exciting player. and He'll, he'll be in this league for 10 years for us to watch and, and just marvel at his talents. Uh, A.J. Green is rock solid at wide receiver. Tyler Boyd should get a good opportunity to reclaim that wide receiver two value. I really like him this week, um, especially as a as a low price, low cost sort of option. As somebody dropped him, if they you know for for whatever reason, I don't know why somebody would drop Tyler Boyd. Maybe because his name's Tyler Boyd and it's not Julio Jones or something bigger than that. I don't know what you just rambled on about, but uh, I would agree. I do like Boyd as well as a high end wide receiver three in this one. Um, Obviously, I like A.J. Green as a wide receiver one. Joe Mixon's an RB1. Got a ton of touches, even though uh, they said he was going to be limited in his first game back. Don't believe the coach speak. And Andy Dalton, I have even higher than you. Uh, he's really yet to have a bad game, and this is a good matchup again, and he's at home. I have Dalton as a mid- to low-end quarterback one here. Um, still unowned in a lot of leagues. We'll keep talking about him in our waiver wire section later uh, for, I think, the third or fourth week in a row now. And then finally, uh, if John Ross can come back from his groin injury and play this week, I like him too as a desperation wide receiver four. Um, really, Atlanta had a lot of opportunities, but just turned the ball over. There are plenty of opportunities there for all the wide receivers, and there will be again for Cincinnati this week. Um, and then C.J. Uzoma, he could see a ton of snaps if Tyler Croft is out with the foot injury that he suffered against Miami. Uh, wait to see the practice participation on that, but if Croft is out, Uzoma could be a serviceable mid-range tight end too in what should be a fairly high-scoring game. Uh, the Bengals have been playing well, and I will take them at home. Yeah, good call on Uzoma. Austin Hooper just burned the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers for a lot of points. I will also take the Cincinnati Bengals at home here. The L.A. Chargers at the Cleveland Browns. The Chargers had their way with the Raider offense in the second half. Got, a, got all over Derek Carr, and Phillip Rivers led the team to victory, using his weapons, distributing the ball well. They should be fine this week. Uh, there, there may finally be a touchdown in store for Keenan Allen, who is getting the volume. Eight catches, nine targets, 90 yards. He's still a wide receiver, one in my eyes. Uh, touchdown regression is real, and he will get it. Positive regression is real. He will have a touchdown soon. Pulled off on Mike Williams probably the whole season this year, unless an injury opens up more opportunity for him. He has those like, big play touchdowns, but only three targets this week. Not a consistently high enough workload, but I, but I do really like his talent. Melvin Gordon's a running back one, and Austin Eckler is a weekly flex consideration. This past week, he turned in a 44-yard touchdown, and he had about 
10 carries. He's become pretty game script independent, actually. We, a lot of our guys get game scripted out, but he, um, he even as the backup running back, is pretty prevalent, but not prevalent enough to hurt Melvin Gordon. Yeah, Eckler's a weekly flex play, and I like him as such this week. Uh, of course, you're starting Gordon as an RB1. And Cleveland's defense is actually playing fairly well, so that it's a tougher matchup than many might think for the Chargers on the road, but I do still like Rivers as a low-end QB1 in fantasy. Um, you know, sadly, you're right, I think, that Mike Williams is just isn't a big part of the weekly game plan right now. Um, certainly smaller part to play than I thought he would have. Uh, Williams is just a boomer bust wide receiver four right now, maybe a low-end flex play. Uh, as you said, Allen's not getting the touchdowns right now, but still a low-end wide receiver one here. And finally, the Chargers defense isn't the worst play here if they're still available in your league. The pass rush is improving now that Corey Lee gets back. Um, they'll be a decent streaming option this week, and also it's early, but worth noting that Joey Bosa should be back in week nine after their bye in week eight. So put the Chargers defense on your watch list, uh, even if they're owned right now, just in case they get dropped during their bye week. They could be a good second-half fantasy defense. Good defense. I, I've liked them, but they have underperformed so far this season. They will only get better. As for the Browns, they won another game. Hooray! It's time for the division-leading Ravens. Imagine that. Good for them. Congratulations. Uh, but there's no reason to go crazy with your fantasy team, though. Carlos Hyde still leads the running back, 17 carries, 63 yards with two catches. He's a touch and uh, touch production-based running back, too. Nick Chubb followed up his uh, three-touch, 100-plus yard game last week with three touches for two yards. So that's the end of that chapter. Uh, Jarvis Landry led the wide receivers with five catches on 10 targets for 69 yards. Antonio Callaway gave us three catches, 22 yards, finding his way to your bench or probably waiver wire drop list. Richard Higgins pulled the touchdown for Mayfield. Cleveland is still Cleveland, people. They got the win, great, but you're not winning fantasy titles with them on your team. Yeah, uh, Antonio Callaway didn't do a whole lot, but we did talk about it all last week, and actually Rashard Higgins excuse me, uh, suffered an MCL sprain towards the end of this game, and he may be out a few weeks. So even though Callaway didn't do a whole lot, uh, I'm still holding strong in, in the couple leagues where I've, I have him on the bench. Um, I still think he has a high upside in this offense. But as you said, uh, even though I love Mayfield long-term, I don't love him this week against the Chargers defense. Uh, just a mid-range QB2 for me. Uh, really the only reliable Browns for fantasy right now are Carlos Hyde, who I also have as a low-end RB2, and I have Landry as a high-end wide receiver 3. Um, and I also like David Njoku. Um, he's starting to gel with Mayfield. Uh, I've actually got him as a low-end tight end 1 in this one. And while I think this game is actually going to be closer than a lot of people think, I'll still take the inconsistent Chargers here. Yeah, I will take the Chargers as well. Seattle at Oakland. Um, this this game's actually in London, Wembley Stadium, but I think it takes off at, at noon noon our American time, correct? Yeah, it's, it's uh, in London, but it's not one of those 8 a.m. games from last year. It is actually still 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, noon Central. Good, because those completely suck. I, what time is noon over there, though? Like... 10 p.m.? Yeah, I believe it's a night game there. I believe it's like 7 p.m. or something. Oh, well, that's not crazy. Anyways, Seattle at Oakland going over there. Uh, the Seahawks just gave us stat lines that aren't remotely reliable. Chris Carson, 19 carries, 116 yards. Mike Davis, 12 carries, 68 yards and a touchdown. First-round rookie, Rashad Penny, 
Zero snaps in the game. He pulled an Austin Copperfield out. You're welcome. If you want to play Yahtzee with these Seahawks running backs, hey, have fun. But you can count me out of this game. I pray you have better choices as Davis and Carson are no better than flex plays here. Here's another aberrant stat. Doug Baldwin. One catch, one target, one yard. Yeah, you heard that right. David Moore. Three targets, two touchdowns. Tyler Lockett. Three catches, 98 yards, and a touchdown with a one with it being a 44-yard touchdown catch. That's his game, boom or bust, long touchdowns, low number of targets typically. So that's probably the most reliable stat line of that day. Lockett's a dice roll flex, of course. Baldwin is still a PPR wide receiver, too, in my opinion. Trust his history, not this one game. He's still coming back off injury, I guess. I think he's fully healthy. I, this was just a stupid game. Whatever. The running backs are gross, and yeah, just when you want to bet Russell Wilson, he goes and throws three touchdowns. Of course, this is how this happens, right? Well, uh, I mean, I mentioned last week that Wilson usually starts slow and kind of turns it on midseason. Um, he's, he exceeded my expectations uh, despite my ranking him as a high-end QB2 last week, and he should be a fine mid-range quarterback one this week against Oakland. Um, I mentioned, too, that even though the Rams weren't a great matchup, I didn't like Baldwin as more than just a risky flex play. And, you know, Nicole Roby Coleman did a great job shutting him down. I like Baldwin more this week, uh, not quite as much as you. I have him as a high-end wide receiver three in a better matchup, but potato, potato. Um, and Wilson seems to be on the same page with Tyler Lockett leading the team in targets and receptions. I think Lockett is a viable weekly flex play right now. Um, and even as someone who plays in deep dynasty leagues, I, I've never heard the name David Moore before this week. Um, you know, I think Moore is worth a look in dynasty or deeper leagues. Probably doesn't need to be rostered and redraft just yet, but I wouldn't count him out as a complete fluke. Um, Russell Wilson's been looking for that red zone target to replace Jimmy Graham, and Moore could have more of these type of Dante Moncrief type, type stat lines where he only gets three or four catches each week, but potentially a touchdown too. Um, so just, you know, keep them in the back of your mind here. And finally, as you said, Seattle got its run game going, but it's going to be a messy committee between Carson and Davis. Uh, really, both are just boomer bust flex plays unless someone gets injured. The Oakland Raiders couldn't get it done on the road in L.A., and they could be in for more trouble uh, in, in England here. That said, there is the ever-popular revenge game narrative for Marshawn Lynch, though I'm pretty sure they parted ways pretty amicably. In fact, he chose to retire on his own. Be that as it may, he's a running back, too. Uh, he's still getting plenty of carries, although he was game-scripted out of last week versus, uh, versus the Rams. Uh, the Seattle offense should not put up that many points. Mari Cooper had one catch on one target in L.A., though we sort of telegraphed that with uh, with the L.A. secondary. If there's a week to start Amari Cooper, I think this is one of those weeks as a wide receiver, too. Jared Cook should be fine. Not great. Not awful. Probably about 8 to 10 points this week. Uh, I'm not buying into Jordy Nelson's production. Only four targets and a fluky touchdown where he was uncovered. In fact, there was nobody on the defensive left side of the field when the ball was snapped, which led to the touchdown. And I think he was even in illegal motion. So, whatever. Yeah, I mean, Nelson's touchdown was certainly fluky, but I don't think his production is. Um, you know, I mentioned last week that it seems like Carr has bought into Nelson as a reliable red zone target. Uh, he seem, you know, Nelson seems to have gained Carr's trust. So, if you need a high floor wide receiver, I'd actually play Nelson over Cooper in the flex. Uh, Cooper's that boomer bust guy. He's going to be, you know, he's going to get you those 100 plus yard games. But 
as we saw this week, his floor is pretty much bottomless. Um, honestly, as far as Marshawn Lynch is concerned, it's not going to happen. There's a 0% chance, but I would love to see the Eagles trade for him. I think that would be a perfect fit with Ajayi going down. But as such, uh, he, he remains on the Raiders, and I think he'll still be a mid-range, low-end RB2 in this one. Uh, as you said, the revenge game narrative always gives a high ceiling here for those guys. So I do still like Lynch even after a down game. And then Jared Cook, volume-based, low-end tight end one or high-end tight end two. He'll come through for you when you least expect it, and he'll let you down when you need him the most. Uh, London games always lead to crazy outcomes, it seems, so you never know, but I will take Seattle here. Yeah, I'll take Seattle. I think Oakland is horribly mismanaged, but so Seattle, man. And, and crazy things happen in, in Wembley. Re- remember last year, Mercedes Lewis scored three touchdowns in one game in Wembley. And, like, I, I don't think he even suited up to play any of the other 15. Well, I mean, he suited up, obviously. But, yeah. Anyways, Chicago at Miami. I'm not sure what to expect from the Bears this week. Uh, I wish I did. Uh, I'm expecting a Bears win. I'm expecting Jordan Howard to give us at least running back two numbers. That's for darn sure. Trey Burton's a low-end tight end one until he gets more consistent production. Uh, Allen Robinson is in a void for me this week versus uh, this Xavier Howard kid. He's he's really good. I guess that means you could look to Taylor Gabriel. I, I don't know. I'm just going to sit back and enjoy this game without much fantasy skin in it. Just to uh, uh, just make sure Tariq Cohen is owned in your league. Because if last week was any indication, Matt Nagy may decide to let him loose. He was all over the ball, all over the field last week. Um, something we've been waiting all season to see. If it was just last week, or if it was just two weeks, well, yeah, last week, that's great. If he does it again, then that's something to actually pay attention to. Yeah, Taylor Gabriel um, had a real big day against Tampa Bay, but uh, I don't know how fluky that is. But he is getting plenty of targets, especially downfield as the deep threat. Uh, Gabriel's a boomer bust wide receiver four, but here's a thought for you. Uh, I wouldn't call you crazy if you started Taylor Gabriel over Amari Cooper this week. Oh, wow. I mean, I don't think that he'll outscore Cooper, but it certainly would not shock me. I think it's a coin flip here. I mean, Cooper just gave us a whopper of two points, right? Yeah, and and if anything, Taylor Gabriel's floor is a high is higher than Cooper because he always gets if- at least three or four catches. Exactly, and if he has one catch, it will be for further than 10 yards. Yep, so uh, kind of crazy, but that's where we are at this point in the season. Um, and then, uh, I, you know, much like I would start him over Cooper, I, I think I, you can't really trust Allen Robinson right now. Um, no Robinson's way. a flex play, given how good Miami's coverage is. You mentioned Howard, um, Xavier Howard, that is. Uh, we'll get to Jordan Howard in just a second. Uh, for the same reason, Trubisky, Trubisky, uh, Trubisky should be okay, but just the mid-range QB2 for me. Um, I expect the defense to contribute more this game than the offense again. Uh, hopefully, if you own the Bears' defense in fantasy, you did not drop them. Uh, and then, as you said, I do think Howard gets a better workload. I think Nagy planned to throw all day on Tampa Bay, leading to Howard's low touches. He should still be a mid-range RB2 here. And Cohen, as you mentioned, should be owned. He's a boomer bust flex. We'll see if he continues to get more touches after some game plan changes in the bye week uh, or if the Buccaneers game was just a fluke. But either way, should be owned just to take a look and see. And Burton, uh, I'm not quite as high on him as you. He's still 
a little bit too inconsistent for me to rank him as a low-end tight end one this week. Uh, I do have him as a high-end tight end two, though, if we're just nitpicking here. For Miami, the Ryan Tannehill just handed the Bengals the game last week in the fourth quarter. Hopefully Chicago does not need that sort of luck. Um, backing off stills, he has not given us anything in over a month. And this team does not score enough points for it to even matter. Kenyon Drake actually uh, got loose this week with seven catches, 69 yards, and receiving touchdown on top of four carries, uh, 46 yards rushing. Do what you will with that information. Uh, I'm avoiding it best I can. Maybe trading him if there's a taker. But uh, Adam Gase, this offense is just run really stupidly. There's a couple of teams that, yeah, I know that's not, I don't think that's a word, but but you, you take my point. There's a couple teams that, that are just dumb, and this is one of them. Yeah, I mean, do you really uh, do you really trust anybody uh, on Miami here? Um, Kenny Stills. Well, I don't is a... trust anybody in general. Miami, Chicago, any, anybody in this world. <laughs> well, in fantasy, I do have Kenny Stills as a boomer bust wide receiver. Four. We'll work on your trust issues on a different episode of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Drake and Gore both are just low floor, okay ceiling flex plays. Uh, that, that's about it, really. I mean. It wouldn't shock me if Jakeem Grant or Albert Wilson gets a fluky long end around sweep run, whatever. Uh, either way, I think this game could actually be pretty close, but I will take the Bears led by Khalil Mack fresh off a of bye week. Yeah, give me the Bears. Mack attack. Return of the Mack, baby. Arizona at Minnesota. David Johnson is a low end running back one for me. That's all we can do with this offense for now. I'm sorry, Cardinals fans. Sit tight, but this offense is bad b-e-a-d bad not like michael jackson uh, larry fitzgerald does have bounce back potential in the second half of the season but bench him for now until it happens if he can make a good connection with the rookie josh rosen he is still the best wide receiver on that team minnesota is not san francisco i would not expect another two touchdown day for david johnson he remains just a mid to low end rb2 for me this week um, of course, uh, if you if you saw those two touchdowns, you're certainly more relieved as a Johnson owner. Um, you seem to be disagreeing vocally there. Do you do you want to make well, a I, bet on this? Yeah, we can bet. Like, I'll give him 15 or higher for sure. Points in PPR? No, uh, finishes running back 15 or higher. All right, I'll, I'll take that bet. I'll, I say he Darn. finishes outside of the top 15 running backs this week in PPR. All right, Marcus. All right. Um, clearly, you like him more than I do, uh, but we're similarly down on Larry Fitzgerald here. Uh, just a boomer bust wide receiver four for me at this point. I don't know if it's the hamstring issue or if he's just not gelling with Josh Rosen, but either way, um, I don't think he has to be owned. It depends on your waiver wire options, of course. And Christian Kirk is an interesting ad for the future. Uh, just a very low-end flex play this week on the road against a resurgent Vikings defense. Uh, nobody on Arizona really needs to be owned right now in redraft, but if you own Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk is on the waiver wire, uh, would you hold on to Fitzgerald or take Kirk? Oh, I'd hold on to Fitzgerald, uh, but it may be a moot point for right for right now. Josh Rosen, to me, is unless I'm not thinking of somebody, is looking far, far and away like the worst rookie quarterback taken this year. Um, uh, that's tough. I, I think it's too soon to tell. Uh, I, I mean, think, he likes. I, I think the problem that, the, that Arizona's having is that their their players aren't wearing green because he just likes throwing the ball at that wide open field instead of anything with red or white. On it. 
I think I would still prefer Rosen over Allen, but again, a four-game, five-game sample size. Oh yeah, I'm is, just saying so far early. this year. Yeah, we will see for sure. Um, Allen just led the Bills to a win. Come on, man. Oh, I don't. I don't know if we would say he led them to the win. I think it was more the defense. But we'll we'll get to that. Always get the credit <laughs> and the blame. Uh, that's fair. Quarterback wins is a stat. <laughs> Are we done talking about Arizona? Uh, yeah, I don't think there's a whole lot more to add there. We spent a lot of time on that. Dan's probably pretty mad. Okay. <laughs> Minnesota, the Vikings knocked off reigning champion Eagles, who aren't exactly looking like world beaters, so we're repeaters. Kirk Cousins gave us 300 yards and a touchdown. Quite nice. Adam Thielen and Diggs netted 24 and 19 points apiece, each with 10-plus targets. Quite nice. Look for them all to continue to produce. Uh, if Cook is back this week, if he's fully healthy, I'd start him. But there's questions if he's fully healthy. Otherwise, I'd try to pivot away from this running game for now, honestly. Uh, Latavius Murray is not getting it done at all, and he has had plenty of opportunity. I am down in him now. Uh, he's a flex play only because they're playing Arizona and only if Cook cannot does not suit up. Any sort of timeshare is not very appealing for either of these players for, for me right now. Uh, Kyle Rudolph should be a fine start as well. The Cardinals do pretty well against opposing wide receivers on some plays. Uh, I, I expect Thielen and Diggs to be fine, but some plays uh, they will be well covered, and, and Rudolph will be shaking free, so I think he'll have some, some chances to put up some big points and maybe a touchdown. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Diggs owners are frustrated right now because Diggs is all the talent in the world, but the problem is, you know, twofold. First, Diggs gets the harder coverage. I would expect Patrick Peterson to play opposite him this week. And then, two, Cousins does prefer Thielen, it seems. Uh, they've got that connection, and really, Thielen's a must-start wide receiver one at this point. Uh, you like Cousins, certainly at home. He should be a low-end quarterback one with upside. And as you said, uh, you know, I think I'm a little higher on Latavius Murray than you are. Um, assuming Cook is out, I would have Latavius Murray as a low-end RB2 just simply because he is the lead back, and Arizona's giving up plenty of points opposing running backs on the ground and through the air. Uh, if Cook is in, then I guess he would be a high-end RB2 in a good matchup, but certainly it's a little unreliable here. Um, and Will Lutz yeah, made uh, that extra point. That. Oh, that's... Oh, man, this this game is killing me. I, I was actually hoping maybe they'd go for two here, but... Uh, all right, that's that's heartbreaking. One more extra point, I'm, I'm donezo. But um, back to Minnesota here. Uh, as you said, uh, I, I like Rudolph because, again, I do think that Diggs is going to kind of get blanketed by Patrick Peterson here. I have him as just a boomer bust flex play. Um, Rudolph, I like as a low end tight end one, and you know we saw Arizona guards opponent opposing tight ends pretty well, but still had a nice day from Kittle. And then finally, uh, the Vikings defense. Uh, I, I guess I hope you ignored my advice to bench them last week because they were not looking good. Uh, that said, they did get a fumble recovery for a touchdown in that game against the Eagles, and I would not expect that every week. Uh, they should be fine to start against the Cardinals at home, though. I will take the Vikings here. Yeah, give me the Vikings in an easy game. Indianapolis at the New York Jets. Uh, Andrew Luck gave us a solid week. 365 yards, three touchdowns to two interceptions. A lot of garbage time. 
but hey, stats are stats. He fine this week again. If Marlon Mack continues to not play again, then go ahead and slot Naeem Hines in. I don't think the coaching staff fully grasps what to do with Naeem Hines, though. He got the start. He had 15 rushes uh, to Jordan Wilkins' six. But then, curiously, he was out of the game later on a number of pass plays in the second half. Despite being out, he did have sack with seven catches for 45 yards. So that was very acceptable. We were very happy with that. He's a PPR running back, too, if Mac doesn't play. Uh, if Mac does play, he's a gutsy flex play. We don't know what's going to happen. I just hate this offense right now. Uh, Eric Ebron had a huge game with Doyle out. If he stays out, he's a tight end one. Uh, if Doyle stays out, Ebron's a tight end one. And I, I don't give a hoot about Chester Rogers. Sell him if you wasted your time. Don't start him. Andrew Luck is not throwing 60 passes three weeks in a row, and certainly not against the Jets. Uh, those 11 targets can turn into three targets in a hurry. I don't know that that's necessarily true. I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty here at wide receiver and tight end with all the health issues, uh, even at running back with Marlon Mack. Uh, I do think that if T.Y. Hilton's out, uh, Chester Rogers is an okay flex play. Um, if Hilton's back in, you're starting him, obviously, low on wide receiver two for me. Uh, and then the Jets are giving up plenty of yards and scores through the air, so of course you'll want to start Luck as a low-end QB1. He would get bumped up to a mid-range QB1 if Hilton is able to return here. And as you said, depending on what happens with Marlon Mack's health, uh, Naeem Hines will be a low-end flex play if Mack returns, or a high-end uh, RB3 or low-end RB2 if Mack is out yet again. Uh, I do like this matchup for him if Mack is unable to suit up. And as you said, uh, if Doyle returns, both he and Ebron would be mid-range tight end twos. But if Doyle misses another week, uh, go ahead and keep starting Ebron. He's getting a ton of targets from Luck and remains a strong tight end one option. For the Jets, Sam Donner looked pretty impressive against the Broncos. And Indy um, provides a much easier challenge for him, honestly. But the Jets are just so unreliable. Uh, Isaiah Crowell just gave us 15 carries, 219 yards, and a touchdown. I'm sure sitting on uh, I'm sure sitting on most fantasy benches, not in lineups, that's for sure. Uh, Robbie Anderson finally showed up with three catches, 123 yards, and two touchdowns on his five targets. Uh, Quincy Nunn was was blanked, zero catches on five targets for zero yards. Uh, what do you do with any of that information? Uh, I, I think Anunwa did have a hand injury that he entered the game with, which I think affected this offense quite a bit there. Oh, uh, Bilal Powell had 20 carries for 99 yards and zero catches for Bilal Powell. Just very weird offensive output versus Denver. I, I don't like it, and I don't think Indianapolis uh, will keep this team needing to produce all that much. I'm sticking with Powell as a low-end running back two or flex here. Uh, Crowell is a low floor flex, and Anunwa apparently has a bottomless floor, especially if his hands hurt. Um, Robbie Anderson is still a bench warm for me. You can't trust that production, but there is definite upside here for late season if he can form a consistent connection with the rookie Sam Darnold. Anderson is very fast, Sam Darnold has a cannon, and Robbie Anderson should be rostered. Yeah, I actually like Darnold as a risk-reward QB2 here this week against a pretty awful Colts secondary. Um, as you said, good luck deciding which Jets running back to start. Uh, Powell got more work, which is why I had him ranked higher last week, but Crowell had that massive stat line on the long touchdown run. So both are going to be boomer bust flex plays here. And as you said, Robbie Anderson's going to be boomer bust too, but I would prefer starting him over both running backs in what should be a good matchup against a hurt cold secondary. Um, Anunwa, despite the zero-catch day, I still have a as a desperation. 
<coughs> uh, excuse me, I had to sneeze there. Uh, <clears throat> Anunwa, uh, I said, despite the zero catch day, I do still like him as a desperation wide receiver four. Um, should be plenty of passing on both sides in this game. I would rank them, if I had to, Anderson, then Anunwa, then Crowell, and then Powell as a flex plays. Um, I'll take the Colts here, but I could really see this game going either way, assuming Hilton is out again. Yeah, I'm actually, I'll take the Jets here, actually, uh, at home. I think they have a nice chance to string two in a row. Crazy, right? Carolina at Washington. Uh, the Giants slipped away from the Panthers in the final seconds with a field goal. Cam Newton had a fine day. He remains a quarterback one. Christian McCaffrey kept his running back one workload, and there should be no change for that this week. Devin Funches remains the team's target later, but I am not enticed. He hasn't shown us anything startable this year at all, and DJ Moore is looming right over his shoulder. Yeah, Cam had a decent day despite throwing the two picks, but he'll be a fine mid-range QB1 as always this week. Uh, McCaffrey, bafflingly enough, didn't get used a ton in the passing game until later in the game, but he came through with that fourth quarter receiving touchdown. Uh, I mentioned last week to keep an eye on DJ Moore after the Panthers' bye week, but Carolina seems to have no true number one wide receiver with Funchess, Moore, and Curtis Samuel all getting some looks here. And with Greg Olson potentially coming back this week, only Funchess needs to be owned of those wide receivers. And even then, Funchess is still just a boomer bust flex play. I'd probably even go with Robbie Anderson over him. Um, bit higher bit higher ceiling and not, not a great floor for either of them. Yeah, I don't know how big the boom is on, uh, on Devin Funches. <laughs> yeah, we, we've seen a couple of good games from him, but he seems to be just kind of just the guy. Um, yeah. And, you know, we've mentioned for a couple weeks now, Greg Olson needs to be owned. I, I took a look at his ownership percentages earlier today, and they're very low, um, surprisingly so. If his foot can stay healthy, uh, Olsen will instantly be a weekly top four, top five tight end play in fantasy given the lack of consistency at that position right now. So we'll definitely be revisiting Olsen in the waiver wire section. His value may be highest as it is right now, though, because he'll come back, get in the game, and then leave after four plays with significant, with uh, with horrible foot pain probably, right? Yeah, I mean, certainly there's high risk there, but, I mean, who else, unless you have one of the top three guys at tight end, I mean, everyone needs help at tight end. He should be yeah, on that, That's totally true. Uh, for Washington tonight, we're getting to see if Alex Smith can make some deep connections with his wide receivers against the poor New Orleans secondary. Uh, I was not optimistic, and I, unless I've missed anything, I have not seen. Uh, I, I don't think he's gotten anything, any jobs done yet there. Um, not helping him that Josh Doxson is hurt, but Paul Richardson, you know, Jameson Crowder, definitely good enough to beat the, the Saints coverage, just Alex Smith, man, woof. Uh, I expect us to continue to see Thompson and AP as running back twos, Jordan Reed as a tight end one, if healthy. Um, just avoid all those wide receivers, though. It, it really stinks. Yeah, surprisingly so. Uh, Adrian Peterson's getting quite a bit of work in the passing game tonight. Uh, if this trend continues, uh, you might start ranking Peterson over Thompson. Um, we'll see. As of right now, both are flex plays and Alex Smith, I'd probably look to avoid here. Just a mid-range QB2 in my early rankings. Uh, what, I think like 90% of his yards tonight are on checkdowns to Peterson, it seems like. But um, yeah. really, Reed is the only reliable guy here. Uh, Low-end tight end one play. I still think Jameson Crowder is worth keeping an eye on if he's been dropped, but we'll see if he or Paul Richardson can actually get on the same page with Alex Smith tonight. Uh 
you know, at least let him take a few deep shots, which, which he actually just did to Jamison Crowder as I was speaking just now. So um, we'll see if they can actually connect. But that said, I do think Cam Newton and company will find a way to pull out another win in this one. Maybe another Graham Gano record-breaking uh, field goal here. We'll see. But give me Carolina. Yeah, I'm going to take Carolina also. Washington's actually favored at home by three, but... I, I just don't have any faith in that team whatsoever. Buffalo at Houston. Buffalo picked up the upset against Tennessee. Josh Allen had a fourth-quarter comeback. This is all exciting, unless, of course, you live outside of Buffalo, which I'm certain most, if not all of you do, in which case you, you just don't care at all. Well, Sean McCoy does look to be on the upswing. 24 carries, that's, that's a lot. 85 yards with two catches for 23 yards. There's nobody else you're touching. Yep, uh, McCoy's a volume-based high-end RB3 on a bad offense. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin led the team in targets but had just one catch for 11 yards. Uh, Benjamin's a desperation wide receiver five and if you're in a deeper league, I guess, but really it's just McCoy and no one else. It feels like it's been ages since he mattered. Was he good at all last year? Was he hurt last year? What happened? McCoy was fine last year. No, no, Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, well, I mean, Benjamin's always been kind of iffy i mean he had one great season was it three years ago two years ago now i'm getting so old i can't tell yeah he had that really good season then he had the acl tear and just uh, i don't know how much he cares about football it seems like he's always out of shape in the off season and then for such a big guy he he doesn't seem to win a ton of 50 50 balls either sort of makes me think of uh braylon edwards anyways (laughs) Houston uh, took down the Cowboys in overtime, but I won't say they looked impressive doing so. Uh, Deshaun Watson's a quarterback one versus Buffalo, but he really needs to not take huge hits every time he tries to run the football. Kids going to get hurt out there again. Uh, Deshaun Hopkins is solid, but he does face an underrated secondary with Buffalo, but he's a wide receiver one still. Uh, Will Fuller, another week uh, back uh, healing. He'll probably get his wide receiver two value back here, but I, I I don't see a big week for Kiki Cutie here. Um, we may have a Ravens backfield situation here in Houston between L. Blue and Lamar Miller, and I like it even less than the Ravens situation, to be honest. I, I, I think you've got to avoid both these guys for now. Yeah, I, you know, when Deshaun Watson got leveled by Jalen Smith on that one uh, run near the goal line, that was that was tough to watch. Um, He actually reminds me a little bit of RG3, and I don't say that just because they're both running quarterbacks, um, because Watson, I I do believe, is a much better passer than RG3 ever was, but, you know, in in the same way, uh, he's taken a lot of risks out there, and someone needs to tell him, probably Bill O'Brien, that he needs to take fewer chances to get a first down when the season hinges on his health. Um, that said, you know, Watson had a nice game, could have had an even bigger game if he could have gotten a rushing touchdown or two, uh, had he not been demolished near the goal line on those runs. Buffalo's defense is playing well, but Watson should be a fine QB one start at home. Uh, as you said, uh, the running back situation's messy. Lamar Miller was active, uh, much like Corey Clement, but just didn't really get, uh, you know, need to touch the ball. He was more of a reserve. So, uh, according to Bill O'Brien, Miller should be good to actually play this week. But given how involved Alfred Blue has been all year, even if he does play and is active, Miller would just be a mid-range flex play for me. Not that exciting here. Hopkins, of course, you're starting as a wide receiver one. And I actually do like Kiki QT here. Um, I don't know if it's the hamstring or something else that's limiting Will Fuller, but Fuller had a quiet day. 
And I think that Watson and Kuti, uh, you know, are really connecting here. I like Kuti as a flex play, especially with Tredavious White, uh, likely playing coverage, uh, you know, playing very well and likely to cover Hopkins, perhaps limit him a little bit. So uh, I like Kuti as a high-end flex play here. Uh, I will take the Texans at home as well. Uh, I, I think it's likely that we'll see J.J. Watt and Jadavian Clowney say hello to the rookie Josh Allen this week. Yeah, I think Houston will take this one at home as well. Uh, kicking off our mid-afternoon games, the L.A. Rams at Denver. Todd Gurley is a monster, and Denver is a fine enough matchup to string Jared Goff here. The Rams unfortunately lost both Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks to concussion this past game, so we'll need to see how they progress through concussion protocol this week. That said, if any of them play, I like them as must-starts. Just great floors with all of these players, unless you have a crazily stacked team. Uh, last game's lines were uh, Woods, five catches 92 yards cup six catches 90 yards and touchdown cooks left very early and did not have a catch if both cup and cooks uh cup and if both cup and cooks miss the game josh reynolds will be a solid ad and flex play for me this week also i wouldn't go crazy with fab bids on him or anything because if either of them do play he's a non-start for me of course yeah, I don't know that <clears throat> you left me a whole lot to add here. Um, I, I agree if, if the wide receivers are healthy, you're starting them. Um, regardless of Cooks and Cups status, you're starting Woods. Uh, you know, if, if both are out, Woods will get a ton of targets regardless of the coverage. And if one or both of Cooks and Cup are in, they're going to draw away coverage from Woods. So you're starting them regardless. Um, agree with Reynolds as a flex if, if both of those guys miss time. Um, I, I wouldn't trust either tight end. Both of them were still playing in a committee and, and sharing play time, even with the wide receivers out. Uh, I, I like Goff as a, you know, mid-range QB2 here, uh, and I like him as a, you know, mid-range QB1. If both of those wide receivers are healthy, um, that's about it. All right. As for the Denver Broncos, uh, so the answer to the question of which running back to start should have been neither this week. Congratulations, Mung. Round of applause. You beat me 11 points to 7. Underwhelming, but enough to keep uh, Philip Lindsay above Royce Freeman. Vance Joseph is an idiot. I, that's all I'm going with there. I'm avoiding both running backs this week in, in lieu of some high upside wide receivers and other games in my flex. Uh, Demarius Thomas finally had a good game, which of course occurred while he was sitting on my own bench for whoever cares, probably none of you. Five catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Emmanuel Sanders kept his solid wide receiver two value with nine catches on 14 targets for 72 yards. Expect a down week for the whole team, though, as the Rams look to take a firm hold of Case Keenum's soul and punish him uh, with 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 the anger of a million sons <laughs> yeah uh, you, you took denver this past week uh, as did i uh, but i did say that it wouldn't shock me if the jets won and that's exactly what happened uh yeah i've never been a case keenum believer but i would like to see chad kelly J- excuse me chad kelly get a chance at some point um though i do hope the broncos don't throw him to the wolves or the rams this week uh, I still prefer <laughs> Lindsey to Freeman, though Booker's continued involvement in this offense limits both of those guys to just flex plays. Um, and what the heck, if you're desperate, Devontae Booker's getting quite a few catches in PPR leagues. He'll be a desperation RB4 if you really need a body in there. Uh, I still prefer Sanders to Thomas as a high and wide receiver three this week, with and Thomas as a mid-range flex play. Uh, but that could change if we see a quarterback change in Denver. Uh, Cortland Sutton still not wa- still not uh, 
still not worth rostering in most 10 or 12 team leagues. I can't talk tonight. But uh, Sutton continues to get a ton of targets. He's worth an add in deeper leagues. Or if Chad Kelly ever takes over at quarterback, uh, you know, Sutton may be getting a few more of those deep shots that are more accurate from Kelly than they are from Keenum. So regardless here, though, even if the Rams are a little bit short at wide receiver this week, I still have more faith in them than Case Keenum. Give me the Rams. Sutton has actually looked really good. I'm very happy to be a dynasty owner on him. Um, if you if you if his owner is down on him or something, and you can get him on the cheap, I would definitely look to hang on to him. Denver's going to be looking for a better quarterback and soon. And Sutton, just looking at him, watching him play, watching the catches he's almost making, I, I think he has the makings of like a perennial wide receiver one. Once this kid pans out, I'll take the Rams as well. Yeah, you know who Sutton kind of reminds me of. Uh... He kind of reminds me of a rookie Kenny Galladay, making some big plays, uh, screwing up a few plays, but yeah. he's got that potential. Yeah, absolutely. Wish I could pair him up with Matt Stafford, though. <laughs> yeah, I imagine that. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, Jacksonville at Dallas. Tough week for Bortles, which can happen, uh, versus Kansas City. 430 yards and one touchdown with four interceptions. But his day was saved with a rushing touchdown, so his owners were still pleased. A 20-plus point day. Uh, probably an avoid for me on the road this week. Um, better options available. T.J. Yeldon's a fine running back, too. Uh, if not a one, if Fournette stays out this week, which is looking like he's going to. T.J. Yeldon had 10 carries for 53 yards with eight catches, 69 yards, and a touchdown. Especially with Corey Grant down for the season. Um, T.J. Yeldon's job is, is rock solid in his hands right now. It's his to lose. They may go sign somebody off waivers. Um, I'm expecting that, really, but shouldn't affect him for this coming week. As for the wide receiver roulette, well, Moncrief had the most targets this week, a whopping 15 with only six catches for 76 yards converted. Not uh, not hugely efficient. Keelan Cole went four catches on 10 targets, 70 yards. Also not hugely efficient. D.D. Westbrook, three catches on five targets for 55 yards. My confidence in Cole is waning, though I, I guess 11 points is fine for your flex, especially with the upside he does have there. If he's got a 10 or 9 point floor, you're not really angry about that. He's still my pick of this litter of, of uh, wide receivers. Was that was that a designed quarterback run for Drew Brees? <laughs> I missed that one. Um, I hope not. Man, Are you there... sure it wasn't uh, the rookie quarterback? No. Uh, oh, you know what? You might be right. Yeah. They've been they've been doing a lot of tricky stuff, putting Drew Brees outside. and have, Yeah, seven is the Yeah, Taysom Hill. Hill. Um, not a rookie, yeah. but yeah. Um, yeah, I, oh, I hate not? those. I feel – no, he's, he was there last year too. Um, yeah. But I just I, – I feel like it disrupts the flow of the offense, much like the Lamar Jackson plays for Baltimore. Like, I just – Trick plays are good, but I don't know. I, that's just my opinion on it. Um, <laughs> back to Jacksonville here. Blake Bortles, a terrible first half, but Bortles did what Bortles does, and he finished with a good fantasy day uh, in garbage time, even if it looked ugly. That one that one interception, uh, he wasn't even pressured much. He just threw the ball and hit his own offensive lineman's helmet. <laughs> um, I don't know. helmet. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not ugly, but he got you the fantasy points. Uh, He'll be an okay risk-reward quarterback, too, again this week. Uh, Dallas's secondary isn't really scaring anyone. Uh, As you said, Yeldon is a high-end running back, too, as long as Fournette is out. uh, And Fournette should be out for at least another couple weeks. Uh, 
to answer your question about the wide receivers, I guess Moncrief would be my answer right now as to which one. But it's honestly anyone's guess. Uh, I will say that DJ Shark looked very good in limited action. Uh, definitely somebody to monitor in, excuse me, monitor in dynasty leagues. I really can't talk tonight. Woo. Wow, you, you need a mulligan on this whole episode. <laughs> yeah, Dan, just can you uh, yeah, just delete this. But um, <laughs> look, look at that, Mark Ingram uh, already uh, another touchdown here, uh, Paying looking dividends. good. Paying dividends yeah. early. Uh, I hope you, I hope you held on to him if you drafted him. But um, look, Jacksonville will eventually find an answer at quarterback. But until then, Bortles is the guy. Uh, and finally, if you were relying on Austin Safarian Jenkins in fantasy, uh, I hope you weren't. But he did get sports hernia surgery today. Uh, another surprising injury report along with Ajayi. Um, but he'll be out until late the season. Uh, Safarian Jenkins is droppable. We'll talk about Niles Paul a little bit in the waiver wire section. As for the Dallas Cowboys, Jacksonville is just not a good matchup for this team. And, and do you really want to touch anybody other than Ezekiel Elliott? Uh, I'm not even recommending stashing any other players at this point. Yep, and by the way, with that Will Lutz extra point, uh, that's that's it for me, unless he happens to miss a couple later in the game. But uh, as you said, Zeke had a down day, but his involvement in the receiving game will keep him a high on RB2, even in a tough matchup against Jacksonville. I'm not touching anybody else on the Cowboys this week against Jacksonville. Expect a lot of punting like they did on fourth and one this past week. Give me Jacksonville. I'll take the Jaguars. Baltimore at Tennessee. I'm pretty lukewarm on Joe Flacco this week. Tennessee is a decent defense, and the Tennessee offense shouldn't make the Ravens have to press too hard this week. Shouldn't have a 400 or 300-yard game for Flacco. Allen uh, Collins are low-end running back twos versus Tennessee with preference definitely staying, still leaning towards Buck Allen for me, especially in PPR. He was close on a touchdown, had six catches this past week. John Brown went four catches on 14 targets today, 58 yards. Michael Crabtree, six catches on 12 targets for 66 yards. There's no semblance of consistency or efficiency, but I'm still sticking with John Brown as a wide receiver three. You know, I came real close to starting Joe Flacco over Aaron Rodgers in a super flex league. Um, you know, Rodgers was down two of his wide receivers. Flacco had a good matchup, but luckily I went with Rodgers here. Um, yeah. I don't love Flacco again this week. As you said, the Titans defense is playing very well. Uh, but despite the tough matchup, I agree with you that I still have John Brown as a high-end wide receiver three. Uh, 14 targets, uh, just couldn't connect. Um, I also prefer Buck Allen in PPR as the Ravens' preferred red zone running back and receiving back. Uh, Collins is just a low-end flex play with a tough matchup against a good Tennessee defensive line here. Crabtree still got some targets. He'll be a desperation wide receiver five, but I'm not expecting a whole lot for any of the Baltimore receivers outside of Brown. Baltimore is going to be looking for a punching bag, and they're landing in Tennessee. Uh, the underwhelming Titans will, are the perfect target. I'd consider Deion Lewis in the flex here, but Derrick Henry just showed us another week of sub-60 yards and no touchdown, despite getting a bulk of the carries like we were expecting. Just disappointing all around. Corey Davis has a future, but the future is not now. Keep him on your bench. There's nobody else to touch here. Not Mariota. Not after that, showing 129 yards, no touchdowns, and one interception. Just disappointing all around. I'm actually going to disagree with you here. I think Corey Davis is an okay uh, flex start this week. Um, Tredavious White quickly becoming a top-ten cornerback in the league and really limited Corey Davis this past week. 
Uh, I think Davis will be okay against the Ravens at home here. Um, Mariota I would probably avoid, but as you said with the running backs, Lewis is the preferred flex play in PPR given his floor in the receiving game. Um, yeah, I mean, Baltimore's defense is still struggling a bit, even with Smith back. I will take uh, Tennessee here at home, actually, uh, even though it's going to be a close call for me. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Baltimore to come in off the road and uh, take off the Titans. Kansas City. You mean the Baltimore team that just lost to Cleveland? <laughs> yeah, or the Tennessee team that just lost to uh, Buffalo. Hey, Buffalo beat the Vikings. Don't forget that. Buffalo, or the Cleveland tied the Steelers. People forget that. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, just crazy things happening this year. But, all right, we'll see what happens in this one. Clearly, we're on opposite sides here. Speaking of crazy, Sunday night football, Kansas City at New England, week six. I'm sure you're excited for this one. Kansas City just mopped up the Jaguars, and we saw a true test for Pat Mahomes, which he answered with 300-plus yards, uh, two interceptions, sure. And a rushing touchdown, which salvaged the day for him. Um, not what you're hoping for exactly, not 20-point day. I think he uh, rounded the day with 17 fascinating points. So he didn't tech you, but he also didn't give you 30 or 40. I was impressed, truly, uh, from, a, from a real football side of things, though. Despite the relatively low fantasy output, he showed me he's a definite start each week. He's going to have a long leash as well. He can operate in the NFL, he can operate in NFL offense very effectively. Everybody's got a good chance to score versus New England this week. Also, Hunt's a running back one. Hill and Kelsey go without saying. And I like Sammy Watkins this week, too. I benched him this past week due to the hamstring concerns that I missed out on six catches on eight targets for 78 yards. Not going to make that mistake twice. You are very correct when you say that I'm excited for this game. Uh, in <laughs> fact, that would be an understatement because I cannot wait for this game. My body is Ooh. ready clear your schedules because you are not going to want to miss this this is not going to be the awful houston versus dallas game uh i will i will not be putting any money on this game i'm, I'm probably going to avoid the dfs in this game because i just want to soak in the greatness that's about to happen this week and just watch it and enjoy it uh, unless very strange well, the greatness on offense, at least. oh absolutely but unless very strange things happen this should be the shootout of the century both these teams are giving up a ton of yards and points to opponents uh, both are top five in the league in offense i have mahomes as my number two fantasy quarterback this week topped only by tom brady who we'll get to in just a few minutes here uh, this patriots defense is still struggling coming together a little bit but Kansas City just steamrolled Jacksonville, the top defense in the league. I'm not benching anyone on the Chiefs. Uh, I will admit to you that I was wrong about Hunt thus far. Um, I do have him as a low-end RB1 in this matchup, but it would not shock me if Mahomes threw for five touchdowns here and Hunt just got like 20 carries for 90 yards and no score. You're starting Tyreek Hill as a wide receiver one. He's too good to bench, even if Bill Belichick focuses on taking him away this week. Uh, Kelsey is my number two fantasy tight end behind only Gronk. And Watkins is a sneaky high upside wide receiver three if New England does focus on trying to limit Hill and Kelsey. Start all your Chiefs always, and if you're feeling crazy, uh, hey, uh, DeAnthony Thomas, very fast uh, with some misdirection plays. He could be a boomer bust wide receiver five. 
Yeah, this is going to be a crazy game for both offenses. That's pretty much a no-brainer. Brady is a top quarterback, if not the top quarterback selection this week. Sonny Michelle dominated carries versus Indianapolis with 18 carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. While James White had a great day receiving 10 catches on 14 targets, 77 yards, and a touchdown. The offense is flowing so well right now, and both of these backs are good floor running back two options with running back one upside, definitely. Gronkowski fought through the ankle injury to give a serviceable seven target 13 point game should be even better here julian edelman slotted in nicely with nine targets in his first game back he's a strong ppr wide receiver two this week and josh gordon has legitimate flex upside doing due to the high scoring nature of this game he came down with a double coverage chuck it deep tom brady prayer and he, and he came up uh, came up with a touchdown 13 point fantasy day for you i think he'll be just fine for you here Yep, as I mentioned just a minute ago, Brady's my number one fantasy quarterback this week again after I had him ranked him as such uh, against Indy last week. James White and Sony Michelle, both mid-range RB2s with high, high upside. Michelle's been getting it done on the ground, and he should get a lot of run against this bad Kansas City run defense. Um, White, of course, incredibly involved in the passing game, should have a very high floor and high ceiling in PPR. Edelman, as you said, got nine targets his first game back. He's likely to see double-digit targets in this one. I like him as a high-end wide receiver too. Uh, and you know what? If you're feeling if you're feeling it, I wouldn't I wouldn't count it against anybody. If you want to start Dorsett, start Hogan and Josh Gordon, all viable boom or bust flex plays here. Uh, and of course, with ten days to heal, hopefully Gronk will be healthy for this one. You're starting him. I have him as my top-ranked tight end this week. And this is such a tough pick for me because, you know, I love both Mahomes and Brady. Uh, I think this one could really go either way. Just with the extra three days rest and playing at home, I, I will lean ever so slightly against New England here. But either way, don't call me, don't text me, don't tweet at me, don't talk to me next Sunday night. This is a game that could be one of the best in the history of the league. Wow. I, I actually thought we were going to be on opposite sides here. I thought you were going to stick with Kansas City with your uh, big, old, big old man crush for Pat Mahomes. Um, but but I'm giving New England the edge here at home for actually much of those same exact reasons. Uh, the extra days to prepare. Belichick knowing exactly what to do. Belichick, I mean, Jacksonville had the physicality, but Belichick has the cerebral game of knowing what to do with a young quarterback. So this will be an excellent, a huge test for Pat Mahomes, even though the Brady's, uh, even though the Patriots defense is not near as formidable as Jacksonville. But I think Kansas City's defense is just that bad and New England will take the win here. Yeah, and one other thing that kind of pushes me to New England side too is Kansas City's pass rush really kind of came alive this past week against Jacksonville. But we heard today that Justin Houston is going to be out for a few weeks with a hamstring <coughs> issue, so that further weakens their defense. There you go. There you have it. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And Monday night football, San Francisco at the Green Bay Packers. Uh, George Kittle will be fine as a tight end one with another seven targets, 83 yards this week. Matt Burita will miss this game with an injury. Uh, they're calling it a mid-ankle sprain, which I guess is a combination high ankle and low ankle, normal ankle. I, I don't really know what that is. It sounds like bullcraft to me, but whatever. Kyle Yushik will have more touches and targets, but I don't think it's enough to make a dent for your fantasy team. El Morris becomes a low-end running back, too, in his absence as the clear running back on this team. I don't like any of these wide receivers with Bethard behind the center, though. Bethard. Sorry. Yeah, um, 
<laughs> from what I've seen online, um, Matt Breda has a serious ankle sprain, but not a high ankle sprain. I don't really know what that means either. But regardless, it sounds like he's going to be out for at least two or three weeks. Um, I do have Bethard stashed in a super flex dynasty league, and I like him as a streaming quarterback too matchup here. Plenty of garbage time against Green Bay. Um, and the Packers defense has really yet to stop anyone other than Josh Allen. And I think at this point, Bethard's a more developed quarterback than Allen. Uh, of course, it doesn't help that all three of his top wide receivers are injured. Uh, and also George Kittle hurt his knee against Arizona but was able to finish the game. So unless we hear otherwise that he's not practicing, Kittle should be good to go for this game, uh, especially with that extra day to recover playing on Monday night. Uh, Kittle will be good to go for you as well in fantasy as a low-end tight end one. Uh, it sounds like Dante Pettis is still a ways away from returning, but if Marquise Goodwin can play in this one, he'll be a high-end wide receiver three. If Goodwin's out, uh, Garcon and Trent Taylor would both be boomer bust flex plays. Uh, and I actually disagree that Alfred Morris is going to be the guy here at running back. Kyle Yushik uh, got a lot of run, got a, or I should say really got a lot of work in the passing game. Uh, I actually like Yushik as a mid to low end t uh, flex play here uh, in PPR with Breda out a few weeks uh, from that ankle sprain. Yushik kind of steps into that passing back role. Uh, Alfred Morris should be owned as well. Uh, will also be a flex play with Breda out. But uh, interesting to note, too, that uh, it was reported that San Francisco will be looking into some free agent running backs. So definitely keep an eye on that. Um, Breda, for me, I would hold him, but he's not a must-hold depending on your roster size and your current record. As for the Green Bay Packers, 442 yards, three touchdowns, Exhibit A of why you don't bench Aaron Rodgers. Need I say more? Uh, this was a tough game for this offense, operating without their wide receiver two and three. So this week, pending Devontae Adams' health, he is definitely a wide receiver one. He had a great week last week as well. And watch for Calvin Allison. The running game was scripted out of the game, holding Aaron Jones to seven carries, 40 yards, and Williams six carries, 33 yards, each getting just two receptions, 17 yards apiece. I still prefer Jones for now as a low-end running back, too. Uh, Jimmy Graham saw an uptick in work, 17 targets with the wide receivers out. If they cannot return, I like his floor again this week. Yeah, as I said, I came very close to benching Aaron Rodgers, but thankfully I had faith and swapped him back in last minute. Uh, this is a great matchup for him. Rodgers is my number three quarterback this week behind only Brady and Mahomes. Uh, of course, Adams is a wide receiver one. And then again, lots of uncertainty with the wide receiver's health here. Cobb is a wide receiver two if he can be back and Allison is out uh, and vice versa. Uh, if both of them play, I have Cobb as a high-end flex and Allison as a low-end flex. And if both are out, then Marquez Valdez Scandling, uh, Scantling is a high-end wide receiver three as he was third in targets with 10 behind Adams and Graham this past week. I like Graham as a low-end tight end one regardless and a good matchup. And finally, not much has changed with the committee backfield in Green Bay. Uh, Aaron Jones is still my guy. Uh, he's a high-end RB3 or flex play here, but his upside remains capped until we see a change in the workload. Um, you know, or one of the other running backs misses time due to injury. Uh, and by the way, your argument uh, the last few weeks that the pass blocking is what's limiting Jones from seeing more work, uh, I don't know that that's really valid anymore. Um, per pro, fo pro football focus here, uh, Jones has a perfect 100 per pass block efficiency rating 
uh, on the 42 snaps this year where he's needed to block. So my my take on it is Mike McCarthy is just not a good coach. <laughs> the only reason no one talks about it more is because Aaron Rodgers pulls wins out of thin air. And I, I don't think McCarthy stays in Green Bay after this year if they don't make it a few games into the playoffs. And if you're a Packers fan, you should probably be hoping that McCarthy's gone. But all that said, uh, I'll take the Packers here pretty handily. Uh, and finally, one last thing, uh, Mason Crosby should be fine, but kickers can get into their own heads and go on cold streaks. So uh, I'd have no problem with dropping Crosby this week to just not take a chance. I will take the Packers as well. Um, I think the NFL just took a 10-minute break in the middle of the game, so I guess we should, too, to congratulate Drew Brees, uh, now officially being the all-time passing leader. Just just yeah, amazing. What, what the He's heck is that? Like, is day. that really, like, necessary to stop the game for that? I mean, it's pretty monumental, and, you know, the, this is the sort of thing that does suck fans into the game, into caring more, into generating more Yeah, I mean, it, no, for uh, sure. You can definitely see an uptick in Drew Brees' uh, jersey sales tonight. I mean, that, that's that's what the NFL's all about. Look, that, look, I'm very, very happy for Drew Brees. I like Drew Brees a lot, both as a player and as a person, but th- this can't wait till, like, halftime or after the game to have a big celebration. Like, really, you're going to stop the game in the middle of the second quarter. I think it. I think it's just an interesting microcosm of showing what's actually important. All right. All right. Not not to you know what's actually important to the NFL. I mean. Right. I mean, we we didn't see uh, you know the NFL stop the game when Brady you know had the most touchdown passes to different receivers ever. Well, that's because uh, Roger Goodell has it out. (laughs) That's exactly why. But let's let's not get into that. Let's talk about my teams. Uh, Detroit Detroit opened quickly against Green Bay, taking advantage of field position and poor defense. Galladay, Tate, and Jones are all must-starts when they're playing. They're not playing this week, obviously. Blunt had two goal-line touchdowns, which I would have liked to see go to Kerryon Johnson, but Kerryon did lead the backfield in carries. 12 carries, 70 yards. He has a bye this week, and he he did pull up with an injury. Um, I, I'd go after him if I could, honestly. He's... he's He's really impressive. I really like this kid, and he could have had two touchdowns tacked onto his day. So uh, the carry-on owner, if they're not paying that close of attention, might not have realized that at all. As for New Orleans, they get the week off after a record-setting day, I guess. Uh, Pay attention to the work Mark Ingram gets tonight. He's been doing really well. Uh, Expect his role to expand a bit more uh, in the coming weeks. Yep. Um, as for the injuries, uh, no quarterbacks with injuries worth noting right now this week. Uh, but running backs, uh, we've got Saquon Barkley. He pulled up a little bit after that touchdown late in the game against the Panthers. Uh, apparently it was a back injury, but uh, the reports have been that it's minor and he should be fine to go this week. Uh, Lamar Miller had that chest injury, uh, was active but didn't touch the ball last night. Uh, Bill O'Brien said that Miller should be go excuse me, should be good to go this week as well. Uh, but, of course, double-check those practice reports. Uh, on Johnson, as you said, uh, had an ankle sprain, uh, looked minor, and the Detroit Lions are on a bye this week, so he should be okay for week seven. Matt Breda, apparently a, a quote-unquote serious ankle sprain, but no fracture, so likely out three or four weeks. Uh, Dalvin Cook, hamstring injury, uh, was out last week, so he's questionable for this week. Uh, definitely monitor the practice reports here. Marlon Mack, he's been out with that hamstring injury. He's questionable again this week, uh, something to monitor uh, for throughout the week. 
Corey Clement, uh, quad injury. He was active, but he hasn't played for two weeks now. Still questionable for this week. Definitely someone to keep an eye on. Darren Sproles with that hamstring strain. Uh, it sounds like uh, he's still likely out this week, but of course something to keep an eye on if only uh, if you're planning to pick up Clement and, and or Smallwood on the waivers. Giovanni Bernard with an MCL sprain out two to four weeks. Uh, he's droppable in shallow leagues anyway with Mixon back now. Leonard Fournette, a uh, hamstring strain. Uh, he's likely out another two to four weeks, possibly until after Jackson Weeks bye in week nine. Corey Grant, a Liz Frank foot injury. He's likely out for the season. Uh, you weren't starting Grant anyway, but this is relevant because it solidifies TJ Yeldon as a workhorse back for Jacksonville as long as Fournette is out. Dante Foreman with an Achilles injury suffered last year. It sounds like he's going to come off the PUP list week seven. Uh, continue monitoring that. Uh, it, it'll probably be some sort of committee in Houston, uh, but neither Miller nor Blue has impressed thus far, so Foreman will have an opportunity. Jay Jai just came out today that he has a torn ACL. He'll, he's out for the season and droppable in redraft leagues. Who wants to talk some wide receivers? Let's do it. Brandon Cooks and Cooper Cup both had concussions this week. They are both questionable. Uh, they are both questionable for this week. Wait and see what their practice participation is on their progression through the uh, concussion protocol. Very strict the league's getting for good reason. T.Y. Hilton with his hamstring strain, he's questionable for this week. But sounds like, and it sounds like he might need some more time to get better. Um, Randall Cobb had his hamstring injured, questionable for this week. We got to monitor the practice reports. Also uh, on the same Packers team, Geronimo Allison with his concussion monitor his practice reports. Marquise Goodwin had a hamstring injury as well, questionable for this week, monitor the practice reports. And then Dante Pettis uh, had that knee injury. He is still likely out a few more weeks. Uh, I'm not sure how much it matters now with Beathard in and uh, and Garoppolo out. Pierre Garçon had a shoulder injury. He had a ton of targets that game. We're awaiting more info, but he's questionable for this week so far. John Ross with his groin injury, he's questionable, but hopefully you weren't relying on him anyways. Um, he may be able to come back and rejoin the Cincinnati top flight offense right now. Anthony Miller with his shoulder dislocation is questionable, but unlikely to play this week in Miami. Ted Ginn had a knee injury. Uh, New Orleans has their bye week next week, so he's questionable for week seven. Keep an eye on Cameron Meredith's involvement Monday night, tonight. Uh, Meredith may win a large role if he plays well. And Richard Higgins with his knee injury. We're awaiting more info on that. He was starting to get a little bigger role in Cleveland as the uh, offense improved, so keep an eye on his practice participation this week. Uh, Josh Doxson with his heel, Devontae Parker with his quad, and Travis Benjamin with their feet are all questionable for week six, but you were not starting any of them anyways. Yeah, and real quick on Higgins, uh, it, it was updated that he has an MCL sprain probably out at least a couple of weeks. So. Oh, that'll be a couple, yeah. Yeah, so we, we did not have Antonio Callaway on the waiver wire list this week, but just uh, wanted to bring him up uh, because, as I said when we were talking uh, about the Cleveland, um, you know, Callaway may get some more targets uh, if Higgins is out for a while. Tight ends here, uh, Greg Olson with that foot fracture. He's questionable, but sounds like he's going to try and come back this week. Uh, should be owned, uh, given the state of tight ends. Evan Ingram, uh, sprained MCL. He's questionable for this week, uh, but it sounds like he does have a chance to play, so monitor the practice reports on Ingram. Jack Doyle with that hip injury. He's missed multiple weeks now, so he's questionable for this week. Uh, really, no one knows. 50-50 shot. Take a look at his practice participation. O.J. Howard with the sprained MCL. He's likely out another couple of weeks or more. 
Uh, Tyler Croft with that foot injury, uh, we don't know a whole lot about that yet. He's questionable for this week. Uh, you weren't starting Croft probably, but if he is out, then C.J. Uzelma could be an interesting fill-in as an every-down tight end for Cincinnati here. Austin Safarian Jenkins, uh, sports hernia surgery today. He'll be out until late in the season. Uh, he's droppable in redraft. And then finally, Greg Zerline uh, at kicker. He's had that groin injury out multiple weeks now. Cairo Santos has played fine filling in for him. Zerline is droppable if you need that roster spot. Just a kicker. Let's talk some free agents. Uh, quarterbacks, Andy Dalton, 56% owned in ESPN, 66% Yahoo. Good job, Yahoo, guys. Dalton is still the quarterback 13 in fantasy through five weeks and gets another good matchup here against uh, at home against Pittsburgh. He's a low-end quarterback one this week, probably my start of the week from the from the waiver wire. Blake Bortles, 40% ESPN, 44% Yahoo. He's ugly to watch, but he gets it done in fantasy, that's for sure. He's the quarterback 11 through five weeks. As long as Fournette's out, Jacksonville will be throwing the ball, especially T.J. Yeldon, and Dallas is a decent matchup. As for the running backs, Corey Clement, 28% in ESPN, 4% Yahoo, and Wendell Smallwood, 7% ESPN, 4% Yahoo, probably the cheaper of the two options, but not necessarily the better of the two. With Jay on IR and Sproles unlikely to return soon from his hamstring issue, both Clement and Smallwood immediately become viable flex plays here. Josh Adams is a deep, deep league ad that's 0% owned in ESPN Yahoo. Stay tuned for news of a possible free agent signing at running back from the Eagles. I actually went out of my way. I, you know, He, he was available because of the Saints game. I added uh, Mike Gillisley to my team uh, this uh, just earlier today. Yeah, we'll another name to monitor too, maybe Orleans Darqua. A lot of teams have been working him out. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's always he always overperforms for what's expected from him. That, that's a good one. Uh, T.J. Yeldon, ninety percent ESPN, eighty-eight percent Yahoo. These are high numbers, but it should be one hundred percent all across the board. Somehow he's owned in a few leagues, and it could be yours. He's not likely available, but if he is, go ahead and grab him. Get a free high-end running back two on the season, possibly running back one this week. Naeem Hines, forty-six percent ESPN, fifty-nine percent Yahoo. We mentioned last week that Hines could be a PPR running back, too, in a good game at New England. That's exactly what happened. Now, Marlon Mack could come back soon, but I think Hines has played well enough to keep his receiving role and get some carries. He's a flex play going forward unless Turbin and Mack come in and just throw him straight to the ground. Like, you know, I mean, Turbin's got some big muscles. He could just do that. Aaron Jones, 62% ESPN owned, 81% Yahoo. We've been saying for weeks now that Jones is the best running back in Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers running back, people, come on. He's just a flex play right now, but he could be a high-end running back, too, if he ever gets consistent usage. Kyle Juszczyk, 1% ESPN, 0% Yahoo. With Breida out a few weeks, Juszczyk seems to have seized the pa- uh, seems to have seized passing back role, with San Francisco likely to trail in most game. Juszczyk is a viable, pass, uh, viable play in PPR, but we did see Al Morris get a couple targets. Al Morris, 50% ESPN, 42% Yahoo. With Breida out those weeks, Morris will see more usage and a higher uptick in work. He's flex-worthy as well. Dante Foreman, as we talked about, 6% ESPN, 20% Yahoo. Lamar Miller has underachieved thus far, and Alfred Blue is just a guy he has been for years. Achilles injuries are hard to recover from, but Dante Foreman is a very talented running back when healthy and could be fantasy relevant if we if he can win a role in the Houston offense. He's eligible to return week seven, and we've technically never seen him fail in the NFL while he's healthy. Yep, uh, and at the wide receiver position here, we've got Kiki QT. 
A big gap here between ESPN and Yahoo ownership percentage. 77% owned in ESPN, but just 34% owned in Yahoo. Um, I think it'd be fun to, you know, congrats, uh, you know, congratulate ESPN or Yahoo owners, depending on uh, some of these that have big variances. Um, but we saw, even though that Fuller played against Dallas, uh, QT was Watson's go-to wide receiver. He could be a weekly wide receiver three option in that Houston Texans offense. Robbie Anderson, 42% owned in ESPN, 35% owned in Yahoo. It's very possible that Anderson was dropped in your league after a dismal first four games, but we finally saw that upside that we saw last year. Anderson's a boomer bust guy, but Darnold seems to be on the same page with him, so Anderson's a weekly threat for a long touchdown, much like a Ted Ginn or a Deshaun Jackson type of player. Geronimo Allison, 52% owned in ESPN, 46% owned in Yahoo. Uh, if he was dropped due to the concussion, he was trending up in targets, especially if Randall Cobb misses more time. Uh, Allison's a boomer bust wide receiver three in a Green Bay offense led by Rodgers. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, 3% owned in ESPN, 9% owned in Yahoo. This guy's only, uh, I can't even say that name again. This guy is only worth picking up short term with Cobb and Allison out. Uh, if both Cobb and Allison are back this week, then he doesn't need to be owned. But if both are out, then he is the number two wide receiver behind Adams and worth a flex play. Dante Moncrief, 13% owned in ESPN, 13% owned in Yahoo. Uh, it's really too soon to trust any Jaguars wide receiver, but Moncrief's had a couple nice weeks now, and he led the team in targets against Kansas City. Moncrief will be a boomer bust wide receiver four, but has that weekly upside. Mohamed Sanu, 53% owned in ESPN, 32% owned in Yahoo. As we've mentioned before, with the Falcons throwing early and often in shootouts, given how bad their injured secondary is, Sanu is a viable boomer bust wide receiver four, and he's just a Julio Jones injury away from wide receiver two production. Trent Taylor, 0% owned in both ESPN and Yahoo. Just a short-term solution, but if Garcon's out and Goodwin's out, then Trent Taylor has plenty of garbage time upside in PPR given that the Niners will likely be playing from behind a lot this week. Worth a flex play for the next week or two. Christian Kirk, 11% owned in ESPN, 9% owned in Yahoo. Clearly Kirk has that second team chemistry with Rosen and with Larry Fitzgerald not producing, whether it's because of the hamstring injury or just chemistry issues, Kirk could become the go-to guy for Rosen and he's a boomer bust wide receiver for right now, but with flex play upside later on in the season. Quincy Inunua, 61% owned in ESPN, 52% owned in Yahoo. Uh, he might even get dropped this week after a big fat zero, but look, I know, I know he screwed you if you started him this past week, but it was a very fluky game where the Broncos gave up three long touchdowns to Robbie Anderson and Isaiah Crowell. Inunua should still be involved in closer games, especially this week against the bad Colts secondary. Uh, and now defenses will need to be on the lookout to guard Robbie Anderson deep might free up a few more targets over the middle for Quincy and Nunwa. Taylor Gabriel, 14% ESPN, 18% Yahoo. We'll see if the Tampa, Ga Tampa Bay game was a fluke, but Gabriel has been getting targets all season and is Chicago's primary deep threat. Gabriel's a boomer bust wide receiver four right now, but if Trubisky and Nagy start to get this offense rolling, then Gabriel has high upside. And finally, David Moore, 0% owned in both ESPN and Yahoo. Brandon Marshall just wasn't getting it done, got benched, and when Seattle gave Moore a chance, he delivered. He's probably only worth adding in deeper leagues or dynasty leagues right now, but Moore has a chance to become the primary red zone threat 
that Russell Wilson so desperately needs. Sometimes less is indeed more, David Moore. As for the tight ends, Greg Olson is 60% owned in ESPN, 68% Yahoo. I'm shocked at how low Olson's ownership percentages are. Unless you have an elite tight end like Gronk, Kelsey, or Ertz, Olson should be a priority pickup. Even then, he's worth picking up as trade bait, giving... Uh, given how desperate many owners are for a reliable tight end. Cameron Brait, 16% ESPN, 31% Yahoo. O.J. Howard is out two to four weeks with a sprained MCL, and even when Howard returns, Brait was Jameis Winston's preferred wet, uh, red zone tight end and target last year. He should be a low-end tight end one for the next few weeks. Grab him before Tampa plays this week. Niles Paul, 0% everywhere. With Austin Safarian Jenkins out until late in the season, Paul seems to be the guy in Jacksonville. He played well when filling in for Jordan Reed back in Washington, and given how awful the tight end landscape is right now in fantasy, you can definitely do worse than Paul as a tight end streamer. CJ Uzuma, 10% in ESPN, 26% Yahoo. With Eifert out for the season and Croft questionable with a foot injury, Uzuma is a tight end two streamer with some upside. As a matter of fact, ding, 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 or once I come up with a drop or something, CJ Uzuma is your low tight end streamer guaranteed guy of the week. Uh, Wait, what am I calling it? The the unowned tight end one of the week. And clearly he is unowned. He's 26% owned in Yahoo. So he's not owned in your league, but he will be a tight end one with this week. Austin Hooper just demolished Pittsburgh. Uzuma's better. And Uzuma is... It, a lot of people were holding out on him because of Croft. Croft may have been better last year, but Uzuma has definitely been um, the more preferred tight end than Croft so far this year. So him being out of the way makes it even clearer. I feel like we need to uh, find a sponsorship for this tight end player for you every week. We we really have to. I like this segment a lot. I All right, we will, we will we will <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. We will explore options for that. Well, um, perfect. And as of right now, we will explore some options at kicker. Um, again, these are low priority, uh, you know, draft um, players, but uh, they do matter uh, in during the season. Uh, Dan Bailey, 40% owned in ESPN, 44% owned in Yahoo. We talked about Bailey for weeks now after he signed with a good Minnesota team. Bailey's one of the most accurate kickers in league history, and now he's playing for a team with a very good offense. He's a fantasy kicker that you can set and forget for the rest of the season and should be owned in way more leagues than 40 44%. Ryan Suckup, 20% owned in ESPN, 25% Yahoo. He's another guy we've been talking about for a couple weeks now. Suckup's been a model of consistency, considering how well Tennessee's defense has been playing and their red zone struggles on offense. Suckup should continue producing in fantasy. Cody Parkey, 7% owned in ESPN, 3% owned in Yahoo. Parkey was likely dropped during the Bears' week four bye. Uh, and if the Bears' offense can continue improving and playing well, Parkey should have plenty of field goal opportunities. And then on to defenses here, Kansas City, 5% owned in ESPN, 14% owned in Yahoo. I wouldn't necessarily pick them up this week. Uh, at New England Sunday night isn't the greatest matchup here, but keep an eye on them on your watch list or stash them if you have the roster space. Their pass rush is starting to come together. Uh, once Justin Houston comes back, that pass rush should be pretty good. And Eric Berry should be slated to return at some point in the coming weeks from his heel injury. So opposing quarterbacks will need to take chances and keep up with that Chiefs offense. Uh, keep them on that watch list here. And we talked briefly, too, about the Los Angeles Chargers defense. 56% owned in ESPN, 67% owned in Yahoo. That Chargers pass rush improved greatly with Corey Leggett returning from suspension, and they get the rookie Baker Mayfield this week. 
Uh, Tennessee is a good matchup as well after Cleveland this week. Uh, they play Tennessee in week seven. And then keep them on the watch list if they're dropped during the Chargers week eight bye. Joey Bosa is likely to return in week nine from his foot injury, and this Chargers defense could really take off in the second half of the season. That is going to do it for our waiver wire pickups. Uh, it's pretty bleak out there, so hopefully uh, if you've got injured guys, if you're clawing your way back up to a 500 record, you know, these are options out there for you. We've been talking about some of these guys for a couple weeks, and those are points you're missing out on if you've been starting guys who, you know, like Amari Cooper, who have the name value but are just inconsistent. Keep vigilant. Never give up, never surrender. <laughs> yes, I like that reference a lot. Um, but keep, you know, keep keep on trucking. Uh, keep going. Uh, it's a long season. Uh, it, you may feel defeated. Uh, I'm very possibly 0-5 in a league uh, after this week, despite having the third most points scored. But uh, I, I'm, you know, have the most points against by almost 50 points. Uh, nothing you can do. That's that's just fantasy. Um, regardless of where you are in your win-loss record, keep going. Keep adding players off the waiver wire. Keep making trades. Uh, you know, that's what it's there for. Either way, if you have questions specifically on trades for your roster, waiver wire pickups, whether you should take Smallwood or Naeem Hines, etc., 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 you can find us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. I'm at FFA underscore Los L-O-S. You can also call Led, yell Led, or thank our producer Dan at FFA underscore Dan. That's D-A-N, Dan. And we're also available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, SoundCloud. Whether you're listening to us on your computer or mobile device, don't forget to hit subscribe so we auto-download. We're right there, ready for you, waiting. Tuesday morning, early. Early. We've got to be earlier than anybody else. Come on, right? Well, I mean, all the waiver wire pickups run at the same time, but, you know, it's always good to get it out of the way, right? Right. No, I mean, I mean, our, our podcast has to be up just about earlier than anybody else's. Oh, yeah. I mean, we do try. Uh, we know some of you uh, listen to us on your morning commutes, so we try to get it ready in time for that. Boom shakalaka. You're welcome, addicts. As always, it's a fantasy world, and <laughs> we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. Good luck.